0: Well, we're in our series on real life. Everybody say real life. And um, we've done a whole bunch of these because we started last year on these. And that's what we're doing on Wednesday nights. For the next uh, couple of Wednesday nights, I'm going to stay on the topic that we'll be on tonight. If you were not with us last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. Watch the archive, get the CD or do something. Um, Pretty important message as we talked about appetites um last week and i would encourage you to do that um in life in real life it's the reality is and we've talked about this before your your days are made up of this your hours are made up of this your your whole life is made up of this any project is made up of this of crisis and process crisis and process how many of you know that's true how many of you know that crisis comes in varying sizes Anybody have some little ones today? Come on, you've had a bunch of little ones. Uh, just before service, and Pastor John's not back in yet. Just before service, I walk. I walk past the little staff kitchenette upstairs, and he's got his his shirt. He's ironing the collar on his shirt because his collar was all discombobulated or whatever. What is that? It's a crisis. And um, what was he doing? Process. And you're going to have little crisis and you might have some big ones you know we're aware of some things today in the lives of some folks you know it's like oh wow wow i I don't even know what to say but what you do is you don't stop there you process in life we have things that we can control and then we have some things that we can't control and when we have things that we can't control, we have to respond to them. And that's the that's a point that I want to make to you tonight, is that we respond appropriately, that we respond with godly wisdom and courage to whatever we would be facing that we can't control. And so in that, that we use this for the things we can control, and it produces outcomes. And then we have things that happen that we can't control, and we respond to them. And we've talked about this before. Here are the three things that we do. We think, we speak, and we do or we act, okay? And so this is what you do about everything. Y'all here? Yeah. It's what we do about everything. I mean, I guess right, right then you were thinking. And I wanted you to speak. I wanted you to act. I wanted to make sure you were still mobile. And so if I have something I can control, then I think, I speak, and I do or I act. I have something happen that I can't control or I have a crisis. that's a little larger than I desired. How many of you know that a bunch of little ones can bug you just as bad and drain you just as bad. But what do you do then? It's important how you think then. Something you can't control, something you didn't desire. It's important how you think. Do not at this point resign your life and your future to say, you know, it's just out of my control. No, 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 no. Something has come to you that you couldn't control, but you can control some other things that are going to determine outcomes. Are you with me? This is all Bible. And so how you think is important. How you speak is important. And what you do, how you act is important. And what I want to deal with tonight and for the next few weeks is how we speak. How we speak. The importance and the power of our words. Okay, our words. Uh, your average person has a, an extended vocabulary of about 10,000 words. We only use less than 5,000 typically. And a lot of them are um and uh-huh and stuff like that. So we've got a whole lot of variations in there. But we, st- we tend to have, we use a limited part of it. But we want to make sure that whatever we're using, that we are, we're using in the right way. Amen. Now, words are incredibly important. Words are incredibly powerful. Let me read to you James chapter 3, verse 5 in the message. It says this, A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It takes only a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. So get this again, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or it can destroy nearly anything. So let's, let's get something real, real clear up, uh, up front here. I've taught this forever. It's not original with me. I don't even know where it came from. You say, what is that? This is a road. Okay. It's a road. And for every truth, everybody say truth, there is a road. And on either side of the road are ditches. And this is some good art here tonight. So this ditch over here, let's just assign it, would be the ditch of excess and abuse. And maybe you know that you can take a truth and you can take it too far. And so when you do that, you throw it out of balance. So for every road, for every, for every truth, there is a road. And the goal would be to stay on the road. Keep it between the lines. But if you go too far, excess with this, abuse with this, then you end up over in this ditch. Consequently, you impact other people. You'll probably fool some other people to come into the goofy ditch with you. Or you're going to repel people. And they view this almost as something very undesirable. Yet it's so close to truth. And so they'll go where? They'll go over into the other ditch. What is the other ditch? It's to reject it. It's to avoid it altogether. And both of these end up missing the truth. Both of these end up in, you know, off the road, and in the ditches, and that's not where you want to be. Now, I'm saying this because once you take a truth and you take it out of balance, you and what you present lose credibility. I'll say it again. When you have a truth and you lose balance with it, you and what you're presenting, you lose credibility. Uh, you can take a truth. Let, let's Let's take this. Uh, Your doctor will even tell you probably that vitamin C is good for you. How many of you know you could take too much vitamin C? Hello? You could take too much vitamin C. And if you take too much vitamin C, well, a lot of things could happen. And so if somebody comes along and sees you sick because you took vitamin C, but you say, we need to take lots of this. You know, they're going to say, well, I ain't going to take it because look what it did to you. And so they come over into the other road where you could take a right amount and it would help you out. Are you, are you tracking with me? Okay. For just about every Bible truth, we have groups represented all over the map that will take a truth and take it too far. Okay. So we have had in... In recent history, people that would be called name it, claim it, and think that they actually would take their words too far. Then you have other people that, that say it doesn't matter what you say, and I want to tell you that both of them are in the ditch. And our goal always is to be in the road of the truth. So I want to tell you again, your words are important, and your words are powerful. But I'm not even venturing toward anything where we're going into any extreme with this. But I'm telling you, if you're in either ditch, get out of the ditch. Tim's tow truck is here. We are we're pulling you out of the ditch tonight and getting you up into the road. And um, anymore, I think I find more people in, in this ditch over here. Uh, it doesn't matter what you say. Or if they don't admit or say that it doesn't matter what you say, you listen to them a little bit. And you come to realize to them, it doesn't matter what they say. So we need to be informed on this tonight um, concerning our words, that our words have power. Now, if we accept what the Bible teaches, then we cannot dismiss this. This is just huge that our words have power. Your words can heal or wound. Yes, and maybe you've been hurt by words before. You should, you should know this. Words can encourage or dishearten. How many of you have had somebody say something to you and it really... Wow, that encouraged me. That made my day. Or just, you know, pulled the plug on you. Uh, You use words to tell the truth or to deceive. Use words to praise or to criticize and complain. Use words to build up or you can use words to tear down. Let's look at some other scripture here. Proverbs 13, verse 3. He who guards his mouth. This is in the Bible, y'all. He who guards his mouth, help me, preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. I want to read it again, and I actually want to invite you to read it out loud with me so we can get this. All right, ready? He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Let's read another one. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three. Read it with me if you would. Whoever guards. Here it goes. All together now. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. You cannot afford careless and negative words. I tell you, just if those, if you only have those two verses and you accept what the Bible says, you cannot afford to dismiss this. Uh, words are powerful. And your words here can either preserve your life or bring destruction to you. They can guard your soul or they can bring trouble to your soul and to your life. So, it is not enough though. Let's, let's get this. It is not enough to just not say bad things. Okay? It's not enough to just, well, I didn't say anything wrong. You've got to say something Right? Well, I didn't say anything, you know, destructive. Well, we've got to say something constructive. Well, I didn't say anything that would death. Well, you need to speak life. Okay. Now, I've taught on this over and over in different ways uh, over the years. And I'm going to bring out a number of things tonight and over, you know, like I said, over the next couple of, of Wednesdays here on this. So some of this, if, if you've heard me teach some of this before, there's a reason that we keep bringing some things back up. It's because we've got to hear it. We've got to hear it. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to have things reinforced in our lives. We've got to be reminded of things. Two things will be going on tonight, okay? Two things will be going on while, I, while I'm teaching tonight. Some of you will be being trained and some of you will be being counseled. Because a lot of people... They've been trained in something and they've forgotten or they've strayed or whatever with it. And then when you hear it again, what it does, it brings you back to what you were trained in. And then some of you have never been trained at all in in your words. And so all of us tonight, we're either being trained or being counseled in this because this is important. Our words are powerful. Now, words are containers. Your words are containers. They carry something. And so your words are not just you know the written transcript does not always tell the whole story. So if you said something about your life, you said something to a person or whatever. The written transcript of that is not gonna not gonna tell the whole story because you have so many other things involved. You have you have tone, you have volume. How many of you know you could put attitude in your words? You can put emotion into your words. It brings new and additional meaning to what Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks is not just all the, you know, a thought or idea in your heart. But out of the abundance of your heart, there's emotion, there's feeling, there's attitude, there's pain, there's joy, whatever it would be out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so your words are containers. So it's going to be very important that we load them up with the right things. You know, and and I've I've given people before, I've given employees before, I've given my children before a second opportunity to say something. Because you know, maybe they respond or they say something, and it's like, mm, okay, the written transcript is just right. But let's let's work on this again, you know, because you know, I, I can remember telling my stepdad before, he'd say, I need you to do this, and I go, okay, excuse me. Yes, sir. <laughs> written transcript said, okay. And yes, sir. Check the written transcript. No, because something else came out. Yes, okay. Resistance, rebellion, laziness, whatever it would be. That's what he heard. He didn't hear. Yes, sir. Y'all hear me yes. out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. You're putting attitude, emotion, spirit, pain, joy. All of those things are also in your words. Are you following me so far? So our words are containers. We want to load them up with the right things. And I want to encourage you to load your words with life. Load your words with hope. Load your words with faith. Load your words with overcoming. Did you know we're overcomers? You might be going through stuff, but you know what? We overcome. I mean, no matter how bad it looks, you should know right up get-go, Okay, this is, really, this is really rough. I don't even know how we're going to do this. But, you know, I'm an overcomer through Christ. You know, God causes us to overcome. And so make sure then that you're not loading up your words opposite of that. Wow, we're sunk now. And never, and I, I talked to you about this a couple weeks ago on Sunday. Never use your own mouth to speak against your own hope. What do you hope for the situation? Well, I hope this situation works out. I hope we come out of that. I hope that turns around. I hope the provision comes i ho- I hope uh, they go away. you know whatever, whatever it would be. you know you have a hope for the situation, and by they, I mean like an enemy or raccoons or something okay and pirates there um, although I wanted to be one when I was a little kid, but i don't i don't know but Load your words up. Load your words up with right things. Don't speak against your own hope. You know, you you want this to work out. And often what we do is we let the devil write the script for us. Or we let the world write the script for us. And sometimes we're not even hoping this. We don't even believe this. But we're with some people. And we'll talk in ways to please the people we're with. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't dumb down your faith and your hope to try to please somebody that doesn't have faith or hope. Okay. Now let's go on to a couple other things here. Don't let me just emphasize it this way. Do not everybody say do not do not use words of doubt, fear, failure, negativity. Do not use those words. And whether or not you understand this or not, listen, listen to your pastor. Do not use those words. We'll talk about speaking about reality in a moment. But don't use words of defeat. Don't use words of, of failure. Don't use negative words. Don't, don't load up your words. Don't load them up with those things. Just do not. And I'll put some other things together here for you in a moment that, that will help to reinforce that. Don't use words of unbelief. Don't use words of doubt. Now listen to this. People do not go to hell because of sin. Jesus came and took care of the sin problem. People go to hell because of unbelief. So if unbelief could send you to hell, then words of unbelief could bring hell into your life. You hear that? So we've got to be really, really careful about this. Now, let me, let me throw something else out to you, too. Nobody here is a confession cop. I remember years ago in, in my Christian walk, there were, there were confession cops. Do you know what I mean? Does anybody know what I mean? Okay. These were people who had it all together. Who <laughs> it was their job to walk around and catch you saying something that you shouldn't say. Well, it's just none of their business. Unless they're your husband, they're your wife, they're a dear brother or sister, they're somebody of like, precious faith, they're in this thing with you. There's somebody who would say, would you pray about this with me? And so you're praying for them, you're pulling for them, and then they're talking contrary to what you're praying for them. Well, I think you can punch them then. I I think you can then go say, what are you doing? You know, you need to zip it, bro. You You need to... You need to not say that. Where are we at on this thing? Help me on this thing. Because we're trying to come into agreement. We're trying to agree with God. We're trying to agree with one another, with God. So let's not be loading up and talking death and fear and failure and negativity and all of this. Let's don't do that. Unbelief, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Whether or not you can figure it all out, you can speak words of trust. God will help me. God will help me. I, I say for a lot of things. God will show me. God will help me. God will come through. Well, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? I don't know. He's God. He's way bigger than me, you, us together. All your friends, everybody you know. He's way bigger. He's way brighter. His vantage point is way higher. I just know that. So I'm going to speak words of trust rather than words of unbelief. I have no idea what we're going to do. We are just sunk. Just shut up. God's going to help us in this. God's going to help us. God will get us through this. God's faithful. How many of you know those are not too hard to say? How many of you know that's not too hard to remember either? Okay? And I'll tell you what, you'll do your heart good and your mind good to just say, God's going to help us. God will see me through. Everything always works out for me. You need to load up your containers, your words, with those kind of words. Let's read something here, and there's a whole lot in this passage. I'm just going to pull out a couple of things for our purposes tonight. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 10. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Faith speaks. Notice what it says here. Now look up there. It says, do not say. Do not say. Now it just said, faith speaks. And it says, do not say. So it's saying, don't say this. Faith speaks. We'll tell you what faith says in a moment. But don't say this. So don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. He doesn't need to. You got the Holy Spirit. You got the word. You got... Angels, you got fellow believers. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring up Christ from the dead. He's already risen from the dead. Don't be asking for stuff. Don't try to come up with a new plan of redemption for your situation. Verse 8, but what does it say? Here's what it says. The word is near you. Everybody say the word is near me. me. Look at this. In your mouth, say "in in my mouth. And in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you watch this carefully, if you confess or speak with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto salvation and with the mouth, confession is made uh, unto salvation uh, righteousness on the previous statement there. So what I want to draw from right here, and there's so much in that passage, that's how you get born again. That's how you get saved. Let me go over it real quick. You believe something in your heart and you speak it with your mouth. Now just follow this. I believed in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I speak with my mouth an overarching statement that Jesus is Lord. And when and those are all encompassing statements, it's not just that you have to say those two things. Those are all encompassing statements. God raised him from the dead. Jesus is Lord. That covers the whole deal. And when it's saying that when you believe that in your heart and you speak that with your mouth, two parts of faith come together. Faith in your heart and faith in your mouth. So listen to me. Faith is in two places. Where is it? What do we got to do? Got to Get those together. We've got to get those together. And so faith in my heart and faith in my mouth got me saved. That's the biggest thing going. So if that's the biggest thing going, then could faith in my heart and in my mouth maybe help me with something smaller? Absolutely. So the important thing is faith is in our heart, but faith is also in our mouth. They have to stay together. You've got to keep your heart and your mouth together. The heart believes and the mouth speaks. Okay? Now, what should we believe? Don't answer. What should we believe? And what should we speak? Okay, so we're going to believe with our heart. Well, what should I believe? And then I'm going to speak with my mouth. What should I speak? Second uh, Corinthians four thirteen talks about the spirit of faith. And it says, We believe, and therefore we speak. So here's what you speak. You speak what you believe. You speak what you believe. What you believe is tied up with hope and trust. Hope and trust. So let's just hang it on hope here just for a moment. What do you hope? What do you hope? I want you to think about a problem or a situation in your family or somebody you know, know near, nearby. What do you hope? Just think about that for a moment. What do you hope for them? Do you really hope that? you got a tough situation. What what do I hope for that? Well, I I hope that surgery goes well for them. Then why would you say anything contrary to that? Well, you know, studies show, and I saw on TV, and I knew a guy. Hush it up. Are you all with me? And we've got to keep these two together. And I'm not concerned about pleasing the people around me when I'm going in through a situation. I've got to keep my heart and my mouth together. And you've got to keep your heart and your mouth together. So what do I believe and what do I speak? Here's the answer. What God has said about the situation. What God has said about the situation. So let me read this for you in Hebrews 13. Verse 5 and 6. You still tracking? Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. For he, capital H, he himself has said. Anybody interested in what God has said? We want to know what Dear Abby said. We want to know what Oprah said. We want to know what all these think tanks said. We want to know what Bradgelina said. We want to know what everybody said. I don't care what they said. He himself has said. I will never, this is the, if you don't know any other verses, know this one. I will never leave you or forsake you. Who said that? God, he himself said that. Okay, verse six. So, because of that, we, say that's me, may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what command you do to me. What is he saying? He's saying, that's my take on this. On what? On what the Lord said. So for every situation, let's look at this. God has said something about your situation. I shared with you on Sunday, I believe it was, that for every problem, there is a there's a promise. Uh, there are numerous counts on the promises. The one I like, and I've heard numerous people say of, of reputation, have said 8,810 promises. So if there's not a specific promise, there's a general promise. And you need to find out those promises. We need to find out what God said. Because if God said he would never leave me nor forsake me, that's why I tell you all the time and I tell myself, I'm never alone, I'm never without help. So God said what? I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So what can I say? I'm never alone, I'm never without help. God will never leave me, God will never forsake me. Are you with me? So what do I believe? I believe what he said. So what do I say? I say what I believe. And so, these are the blanks you've got to fill in. Follow me on this. God said, I say, those are the blanks you've got to fill in. Listen to me. Those are the blanks you've got to fill in. Well, we're waiting for the doctor's report. That's good. I like doctor's. All healings from God. But God said. And I say. So this for whatever the situation is. What is your situation? You know, maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe you're, you're dealing with some depression. Maybe you've got some anger coming up in you. Maybe somebody's really done you wrong. Maybe you can't get. Two things to come together. That I, I can't get this thing to work out. Maybe you're just, you're stalled in something. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need a better job. Maybe you need more peace in your home. Maybe you need to get control of your thought life. Well, how am I going to deal with this? You need to find out what God said. And then you need to say, corresponding to this, what you believe based on what God said. Are you with me? And that's the blank you need to fill in. Now I got a few minutes left. I, I did this actually in the in the fall when we were doing uh, our series in training. And I need three people that will follow directions and and work good with me tonight. I need I need three three people. Come on up, brother. Yeah. I'm gonna have you help me throw rolls. Right. Come on up and come on up, All right. Good. Come on up. Come on up. All right. I'm going to have you stand in the middle here. Come come on. Come on up here where they can. You'll be good there. You come here. Why don't you come right over here. And you're going to stand right there. Okay. All right. All right. We're supposed to believe and say what God said. And we're not supposed to say words of failure and And death and negativity and so forth. So what do we do? Let me tell you what some people do that are in a ditch. They won't admit their situation. They won't, you know, maybe they're sick and they won't, they won't say they're sick, but they're sick. Or they're broke or they're sad or they're in a rough situation. They won't say it. Faith is not so pathetic That it has to deny the reality Faith is powerful You don't have to deny So what you do is You're able to say What the situation is But Then you say what God said Okay So we're going to do this real quick And y'all are going to have to be nimble Ladies are going to have to be nimble Okay I'll give you that Actually I'm going to give you that I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you that. Don't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's what a lot of people do and this is this is probably the most important thing to practice with the use of our words. Are our words powerful? Yes. Do they matter? Yes. You know, and i'm so mindful of that i have to be kind of a word smith almost what if i got up here and just yelled at you every week what if i got up here and told you you're just sinners lazy sinners just take the offering you better give too all right hold on is it true that sometimes we're lazy and we sin and we need to give an offering sure but we need to put it in kind of right ways Okay, well, what a lot of people do, if they know scripture, they'll say, let's, let's just use a, a common favorite one. Um, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But we're really in a bad situation. Okay, is this right or Wrong. 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 Okay, ladies, switch places real quick here. Here's what you do. We're in a we're in a tough situation. You know, I, I don't even know what to do with this, and and boy, we we've, we've got a big need, and time is short, and so forth. But my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay. This is called staying on the right side of the butt. Everybody say it with me. Staying on the right side of the butt. It's super important. Don't be offended, bro. Okay. It's super important. Okay. Because the last thing you say about the situation needs to be what God said about the situation. Okay. And we'll go ahead and we'll leave them in the right order here real quick. And you can drop that one. I'll give you this one. Reality, Revelation, okay? So the reality is, I just want to say this a number of ways. The reality is, I don't feel good. But he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. By his stripes, I am healed, okay? Instead of, instead of the other way around, y'all can stay though, you can stay. Um, Instead of the other way around, I know Jesus is my healer, but I just feel like a dog. (laughs) Backwards. Okay, let's do one other one. I just want to get this cross to you here. We got trouble. This is a tough situation. This is a tough situation. But... I know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Everything always works out for me. And so you don't have to deny this. You don't have to not deny the trouble, the problem, the situation. You don't have to deny it, but you've got to put it in the right order. Matter of fact, I like saying what the problem is because then God's word trumps that situation. Are you with me? So stay on the right side of the butt. Say it with me again. Stay on the right side of the butt. Will you give a good hand to my helpers here tonight? Y'all were awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you guys. Hey, is Shannon or somebody from the cafe in here tonight? Anybody from working in the cafe? Um, Pastor Alarm, will you make sure they get a drink in the cafe? Okay, you guys for helping me? My helpers, did y'all hear me? Helpers, y'all get something at the cafe there. All right. Nobody try to steal their stuff. All right. Let me just Let me just close with this. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. There it is again, mouth and heart, mouth and heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my strength, and my Redeemer. Your words are powerful. Powerful. I wanted to just give you some tools tonight. We're going to talk over the next few weeks a number of other things about this, but some tools so that tonight you can walk out of here and talk a little different and be a little more on guard with this. And I'm telling you one other thing, and we'll we'll hit on this later. God watches over His Word to perform it. He watches over His Word to perform it. And so let's put it in the right place, in our heart, in our mouth, and in the right order in that sentence, okay, in our statement about our situations. And I thank God for his word and what he's spoken over us. And uh, let's put his word in our heart. Let's put it in our mouth. Your words really do matter. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?